Greetings and welcome to Eastern Promise. I'm Mike Rigby and this is Eastern Promise, the podcast that explores the full potential of the East of England across Norfolk, Suffolk, Essex and Cambridgeshire. This week, we're Cambridge-bound to visit Ideaspace, a community of entrepreneurs and founders spread across three locations in the city, the physics and computing campus to the west, the biomedical campus in the south, and in the centre, by the banks of the CAM itself. Working across sectors and stages, no matter which Ideaspace hub you call home, you'll be sure to find a unique, welcoming and supportive community with cake! And finally, from Abbeys to Ziggurats, find out your top choices for the most beautiful of the East of England's built environment in this week's Crowd Sorcery. Ideaspace is essentially a, a community of founders of early stage startups entrepreneurs, if you will, and it just basically gives them a, uh, a, a place to work from and it also allows them to connect with other people who are in the same situation as them. It's a bright summer morning by the banks of the River Cam and in an office off Laundress Lane in Cambridge is one of the three sites run by Ideaspace, a community of founders and entrepreneurs attached to Cambridge University. Now, I fully confess that I was expecting Ideaspace's hubs to be stuffy, rather donnish places. I also confess, and not for the first time, I was completely, utterly, totally wrong. In fact, they're warm, welcoming and rather homely places, with cakes and biscuits in a tin and a celebration bell rung on a tenant getting investment or acquisition or other good news. You also don't need to be a Cambridge graduate to join the Ideaspace community. I met with Head of Ideaspace, Ben Hartley, who told me more about the Ideaspace philosophy, not to mention his own extremely interesting career. Well, it is a, a, a sweltering day in the beautiful, beautiful city of Cambridge. I'm here at Ideaspace City with Benjamin Hartley, Hi who, who is, well, tell us what you do here, Benjamin. Yeah, so thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, so Ideaspace City is just one of three co-working spaces that we run. Ideaspace is essentially a, a community of founders of early stage startups, entrepreneurs, if you will. And it just basically gives them a, uh, a, a place to work from. And it also allows them to connect with other people who are in the same situation as them, which is often the most important thing, really, for for people, early stage um, uh, businesses, is really just meet other people that are going through the same things as they are, who've had the same problems as they are, uh, and, uh, and also to learn from their kind of mistakes, because yeah. that's the best way, best way to yeah. do it. Um, uh, people might hear there's other stuff going on around, we're, we're, we're located centrally, uh, just by Mill Lane, um, on, the, on the 
first floor at Mill Lane. So there's lots of stuff going on outside, which is really quite nice. And yeah, on the can, sort of boats and punting and everything else. So <laughs> uh, people are also immersed into Cambridge life at the, uh, at the city office, which is great. I'm going to start with a question I ask uh, everyone in th this kind of space, wherever I visit, and that's at you know, Industrial Park or Epicentre in Haverhill, which is, what does innovation mean to you personally? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, just uh, with a, a bit of backstory, I guess, with me, just personally, yeah. I... Um, had a slight odd route into where I am now. Um, I started off in, as, a, as a more as a creative person. I think um, there's a lot of creativity in innovation, but I, um, I did uh, a music production postgrad and was looking to go into working in recording studios and producing music, do music for film, television, etc. Um, and then took a, a bit of a right turn um, when I joined the Navy um, and I... Um, I, I flew as a helicopter pilot for quite a number of years, which was a bit of a departure from my... I don't know what I expected you to say, but it certainly <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. wasn't. I was a helicopter pilot in the Navy. Just help, help me out, Minnie, because I love this, doing this because I can follow my curiosity wherever it leads and knows nobody around to stop me. What, what, what did you fly? I uh, flew Sea King originally and then converted to Merlin uh, EH-101, which, oh, right. uh, which is the original kind of version of the Merlin helicopter, which is a very large, mm. um, multi-purpose thing. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of maritime patrol and anti-drug um, smuggling, weapon people smuggling, that sort of thing, anti-piracy work wow. that it does off small ships, amongst other things. So, um, but yeah, it was more to more to say that there was a, a, a great sort of change in my kind of career path. Yeah. Um, but during that time, I um, I continued doing uh, music and also uh, some uh, film production with a, a, a couple of colleagues. And, uh, and and we wrote and directed and produced a, a, a feature film in, in that time as well. And, and that sort of led on to something after I left the, uh, the Navy. Um, I was working as an um, aviation advisor on a, on a large um, film. And uh, there was a colleague, an ex-Royal Marine colleague, who was going into location management. And uh, together we realised that there was a, a, a gap in the film industry for supplying... Uh, background artists, supporting artists in the film industry, and also advisors, military advisors, that sort of thing, for action scenes and and the like. Uh, so we founded a casting agency that supplied yeah people that had done the role before yeah yeah to to be in these big um, kind of big blockbuster Hollywood movies. Oh my goodness! So yeah, so it took another turn, and and, and I guess the reason I'm saying that is uh, I think um, innovation and entrepreneurship it, it isn't. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a, a business person necessarily to have that sort of um, that leaning and, and um, looking for ways to do new things or seeing op spotting opportunities and, and working out how you can, can, can fill them. And it was that, so, so that sort of opportunity where we saw people on the deck of this aircraft carrier on this, um, there's a Brad Pitt film called um, World War World War Z yeah. World War Z if, World War Z depending on where you're from yeah, um, yeah and, and there, there was a couple of students or painters or decorators or, or whatever they were in yeah, their real yeah. life running around um, looking like a US Marine and we were just like well actually we know some some actual. Marines <laughs> some actual guys who would look fantastic um, and it was that spotting that opportunity and then um, yeah the assistant director then on another film said oh you worked on this you know we, we've got this Tom Cruise movie that we're doing um, called Edge of Tomorrow, uh, which is great. Yeah. Top, super, super fun. Um, and we ended up 
supplying loads of people to that, and it just kind of grew out of nowhere. So I think it's the, the spotting of an opportunity, as I said, and then um, working out how you, you know, you know, how you fill it or how you yeah. deal with that uh, that that opportunity, and um, and uh, and then that business led to another one, which was a, an events company working um, to to recreate scenes in films for the for their launch. So uh, there's a lot of marketing budget spent on films, sometimes as much as the production budget. Um, and uh, and it was uh, yeah, there was a, there was again a, a gap to help create scenes from the films as an immersive experience for social media influencers. So they'd come, we'd put them in a scene of a film, we'd get the props, we'd get the stunt guy, we'd get uh, or stunt person, I should say. Um, and uh, yeah, and then they would film themselves. We'd help them film themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, for for the solo film, the, the Han Solo film, we put the livery on a, on an aircraft, hard an airfield, put them in it, put cameras around it, and, and they flew around and filmed themselves. And um, so yeah, so that that was an, again an opportunity that, that that came about just from from a seeing there was a gap and, and rolling up the sleeves and just getting on with fulfilling that oh that gap. Gosh. So yeah, so my my background has been very much in a in a sort of Slightly creative, slightly, I don't know, entrepreneurship in a way. I mean, they're, you know, they're small businesses. They're not yeah. the typical startups that we have here. But that's a really long-winded way when you ask it me what it means to me. Fascinating, because frankly, I thought I had a, a, a bizarre and creative route to getting, getting to doing this, and I knew nothing. My goodness me, that is a fantastic story. Thank you very much for sharing. No, no, um, not at all. Yeah, I, so I, I just think it's about... Um, there aren't necessarily born or stereotypical entrepreneurs or innovators, but I think if, if it's about seeing opportunity, seeing a need, seeing a way of doing something new, you know, an existing problem, a new solution to an, uh, an existing problem, or, or a new problem that needs a solution. Yeah. And, um, and definitely what I found here is that there's no typical person, there's no typical entrepreneur or innovator. Um, and I think a lot of what idea space is about is is getting that message out to say you know anyone can do it and should do it if you've got uh if you realize that there's um you've got something innovative or something new or um an idea or a concept you know there's only one way to find out and that's really just giving it a go i think yeah absolutely so talk me through then the process of, of someone coming to uh idea space and Presumably presenting to you and the team here. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good question. Um, we're based uh, at in Cambridge, so we, as I said, we've got three sites: one in West Cambridge, one in um, the the city centre, and one in the south and near Addenbrookes on the biomedical campus. And whilst we are affiliated to the university, um, we're very much uh, open to to anyone. It's not just spin-outs from the university. So if someone is interested in um, joining the uh, the community of, um, of, of founders and entrepreneurs or indeed needing space because often you just need a, a desk and, yeah. a, and Wi-Fi and there's only so much you can do working in, um, you know, in the Starbucks or, or somewhere before you actually need a, a more sort of permanent or semi-permanent space. So they can just, yeah, contact us via um, the website. Um, if you were to Google Ideaspace Cambridge, you'd, you'd would you, pop right up there. You do, you certainly do. And there are some numbers and email addresses that you can either phone or, or email in. 
and uh, yeah, and we can have a chat and find out if this if it's the right space and right community for them, and and vice versa. And people can then come and um, have a tour, have a look around, see if it if fits what they um, what they want. Is there a specific kind of entrepreneur with a specific kind of project you sort of have a lot of, or is your door sort of open more broadly to to, to anyone, and and you can help? make those connections, for example, in the scientific space? Yeah, again, that's a, a, another really good question. There's no typical sector. I know um, there are some incubators. We're not, we're not quite an incubator as such, but you know, there, there are a lot of um, places that are very specific to a, a sector. And we're, we're not, uh, we cover anything. I say we cover, a lot of our members are from, um, yeah, all sectors, whether it be life sciences, whether it be, biotech or, or health tech or med tech um, devices, that sort of thing. Um, or there's a lot in the clean tech and renewable, um, mm. renewable sustainable um, energy or um, down to retail. We've got a number of um, really? retail with a product design and selling to d- direct customers. A lot of software um, related companies, AI um, and uh, machine learning, that sort of thing. So it covers a whole lot, and, and yeah, you, you sort of touched on it. There's, there's other things that you can gain by being a, a member at Ideaspace, and that's really a connecting into the wider ecosystem. So as you, as you probably know, and you've probably talked to a lot of people, um, Cambridge has a very vibrant ecosystem, so entrepreneurial ecosystem, with lots of organisations that can help whatever stage you're at. Um, and it might be that you are... Very early stage, in which case Idea Space is a very good place um, for you. And there are accelerator programs that can help um, boost and accelerate a, uh, an early stage startup by means of dedicated support or mentors or advisors. And they can run on a, a, a set program. So they, they start, they join a, a number of other cohorts on a start date, and then there's an end date, and then they move on. Um, Idea Space is, um, is really open to people for however long they want. It's, a, as I said, a community and a physical space that they can, they can join. But what we can do is, is, is help plug them into the, the system and, and put them in touch with other organisations and people that can, um, can help them in their needs, whether it be science-specific or technical um, aspects of it or whether it just be general business advice. What interests me about idea spaces is, is, is uh, obviously a lot of the innovation hubs I've been to have been some single-site and idea spaces very much in, in, in various places throughout the city. What's the purpose? I mean, is, does any site specialise? And what's the purpose of those? Because um, it's quite an interesting model. Yeah, yeah, it is. So um, the West Campus is near the um, computer labs, the uh, physics department. Um, there's the Institute for Manufacturing. Um, there's quite a, a technical side uh, over there, I guess. And to a certain extent, you sometimes find that the companies, whether that's just purely by chance um, or just the, um, the um, desire to be physically located near that, the, the, those sort of um, those things. Uh, and likewise, by a medical campus, um, it, it might just be the address or, again, the proximity to the, the, the biomedical campus and there are other um, companies that, that are there. Um, yeah, it, it might help them. So in some ways, yeah, there's... Life sciences and and um, and some of the bio uh, biotech um, companies are down in the uh, uh, in the biomedical campus at Idea Space South. Um, city does tend to be 
a little more mixed. So we've got a whole variety of them here. Um, but again, because they're part of the community, if they've got a, a question or um, they'd, they'd like a connection with one of the other members, because there's often synergies between um, a number of companies. We get, um, we've had one uh, join who's, uh, um, he's just starting up, um, there's a mach machine learning aspect to it. And there's another company that are, are looking at sort of Bluetooth enabled devices and he can use what they're working on with yeah. his product. So they're already coming together and looking at ways that they can work together. Um, and that happens, that happens a lot. Do you do anything specific to foster that? I mean, you had the founders breakfast yeah, and that's we'll come right. on to, uh, this, this, this morning and I'll come on to my career of the founders versus members and what's that about? Yeah, but yeah, good, yeah. What, 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 well, first of all, I suppose, what do you, how do you enable and encourage those sort of connections? You know, is, is it just a case of, oh, you need to meet X or do you actually yeah. hold some kind of, I don't know, mixer, I suppose you'd call it? I think, you, you know, you've hit the nail on the head, really, because it's hard. To, you can't force serendipity, but a lot of the serendipitous moments are the things that are most important that just happen just by nature of being in one place or physically together or nowadays actually on, online as well with those meetings. But what we what we also do is a number of events to try and um, help um, create the right environment for those things to, to happen. Um, and you came in today, we just finished Founders Breakfast, there was some lovely croissants and fruit. I can confirm, yeah, the table yeah. Room, still, <laughs> still, still groaning. Just, just clearing those away and, and we had a number of members come in um, into the boardroom we're at at the moment and some joined online. Um, and again, just immediately, there was someone who had joined online who was at actually another office who couldn't come in. Um, and they were talking um, about a lead generation tool that they've been using and someone else in the room They'd come, you often for the founders breakfast, they'll come with a, a, a challenge that they're facing or something, uh, a, a question they've got for the group. And they had come with that, but before they even had a chance to say, I I'm struggling with lead generation for, for, for new business, someone online had, had come on and said, I've got some great news. Yeah. And we're, we've, <laughs> we're inundated at the moment due to this new um, uh, platform or, or um, piece of software that they were using. And, and, it's, and it's things like that. So we'll, we'll have a uh, founder's breakfast. There are mixed mingles, which are social events. In City, there's one on a Tuesday and Friday, and in West, uh, again, on a, uh, on a Friday. And that's actually just a, a social bit. So there's no yeah. agenda for it. It is uh, some beer and wine, if people want that, or a, um, um, a soft drink, etc. some snacks. And they'll just sit around and shoot the breeze about the, the week gone by, the week um, ahead. It might be what's been on TV, it might be politics, might be whatever people care to talk about. But again, often something comes out of those sorts of um, meetings yeah. and gatherings because we're all in a similar situation here in, in all our offices where people, entrepreneurs in early stage, um, founders, you know, whether it be a, a small business or a typical startup, they're, they're facing the same sorts of problems. It might just be, how the hell do I get my shareholders agreement sorted? What needs to be in it? Where do I start with it? Can you recommend good lawyers or accountants for, for this sort of thing? And, um, and when they come together and they realize, actually, no one's got it right. No one knows exactly what's going on. Because you have to, a lot of it is just rolling up the sleeves and, and getting it on is, with it. It is, yeah. Facing problems, overcoming them. And when you share those, especially in a social environment, it's much more easy to, to share. Oh, good, you wouldn't believe it. I, I, I cocked up the other day because I, I realised I hadn't done my VAT return and, and this is 
you know, oh my God, I've got my yeah, yeah. you know, what are the consequences if you, if you mess it up? Or, um, so, yeah, just by being sort of relaxed in a, in a social environment, um, they, they get to share and learn a lot. We, we also do um, some more s- formal events. Um, there's an entrepreneurship clinic that we run that is um, a lot of when new members join, we give them the chance to um, come to the entrepreneurship clinic. We have three um, alumni that, that, that come and help, or um, they might be a CEO of a, of a business that they've started up, um, uh, or as I said, they might be an alumni who's had some success and they come back to, to, to help out. And it's a bit of a speed dating thing where they're yeah. three members, three alumni, or three new members, three alumni, and, uh, and they'll just say, right, this is the problem I've got. You know, this is what I'm doing. This is the stage of the business. This is the problem I've got. And each one does it. And then they get a 10 or 15 minutes as a speed date in a separate room, one-on-one with someone to say, yeah. this is my problem. Um, and they find that incredibly useful. Um, which, yeah, so events like that are, are, are super, super helpful for, for, the, for the new members. Um, we have run a... a, a or we've got a series that help with the, the, the sort of basic building blocks of, of a business. Um, and again, that uh, we, we had um, Steve Briley from Riverlane, um, a, a successful um, founder in quantum computing, who came back and, and he brought three people that had been key to his success um, in terms of service providers. And it might be a lawyer, IP lawyer, accountant, that sort of thing, or an advisor. And they just talk about their journey with that, that yeah. alumni. Mm. And um, we had an excellent uh, um, showing for that. And that's not just for members. We opened that up as well to, to um, um, non-idea space members too. And, and that was held in the, um, the hub. Have you been to the, the hub? No, I haven't. Right. Well, for, for anyone listening, we, we will probably take Mike across to the um, idea space west. And next door to that is um, the hub, which is a brand new building, multi-purpose building um, that... Uh, that it's got a cafe, bar, working spaces, study spaces, oh, fantastic. shop, um, and, and lots of um, uh, sort of conference uh, seminar spaces, and yeah. So anyway, we held it in one of those. It's a lovely building. We'll hopefully get a chance to um, look forward to it. Have a look there later. So yeah, a number of events, and I, I touched on the uh, alumni. Yeah, and we are really, really lucky that a lot of very successful uh, company founders have come through Idea Space. They've gone on to, 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 to raise money, to have their companies acquired or to merge with other um, companies further on down the line or to be raising uh, Series A, B, C and beyond. Um, and, and they're really generous with their time to come back and, and help and support members either in contacts, in um, just talking about their experiences. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's something very special that, that Ideaspace yeah. has. So it's sort of a bit of an audio glossary, if you will. Mm. Can you just define uh, f- for myself and, and, and the listener, founders and members, I- I- yeah. what, 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 what yeah, those terms a, mean? So essentially we're, we're a membership organisation. So um, our members, uh, by paying a membership fee, they um, get uh, certain benefits. The, the full-time members um, get a, uh, access 24-7 to the offices. And part-time members get um, um, one or two days a week. Um, and there are obviously other benefits that, 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 that each get. But, yeah, so to be part of Idea Space, you're, you're a, a 
a member. Now, the members could be um, part of a, a team. So they could be part of a team that isn't, you know, uh, their, their, their founder or their base or their entire team isn't based at ideas, uh, at idea space. So it might be that that, that company's abroad, um, and, but they're still working mm -hmm. um, for that startup and they need a space. So, you know, they're a member, but they're not a, they're not a founder of the, uh, of the company. They might be a team um, or part of the, um, the, the team. Um, and the founders who you refer to are the founders of the startup. They're, yeah, they yeah. Uh, okay. come up with the idea and mm -hmm. they've, they've started the thing themselves. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, a mix. So there's, um, uh, there's probably about 30%, um, 30%, 40% are, are actually um, founders of a company. And then the rest of the um, members at Idea Space are, um, yeah, they might be members of the, of the team or um, a small business owner that they're not classed themselves as a founder as such, or indeed they are, you could call them an entrepreneur. The, the company hasn't even been founded yet, but they've got a concept or an idea. They've got um, some intellectual property that they have out of research. There could be a spin-out from the university, a, a postgrad or a postdoc that's, that's mm. got some um, IP, but they don't quite know what their business model is yet. They don't even know what the market is or who the customer might be, or the user. Um, so again, they, they might not class themselves as a founder because they haven't actually founded anything yet, yeah. but they certainly need everything that Ideaspace has got in Fantastic. order to, to, to get off the ground. Yeah. What, one of the things that I'm quite passionate about about doing this is you occasionally hear in Suffolk, and particularly Norfolk, that it kind of Cambridge is its own little world, and that, oh, if Cambridge does well, then that means somewhere else in the, re the, the the rest of the region somehow loses out. Now, I am very much anti that view, and I think to view it as a zero-sum game is inherently wrong, wrong-headed. Mm. And that when Cambridge succeeds, there's the possibility and the opportunity, if we're bold enough and bright enough and brave enough to seize it, for us all to succeed. If Cambridge does well, we can all do well. If Norwich does well, we can all do well. Um, I'm going to do a tour around... I've interviewed... Sam Chapman Allen, the leader of Breckland Council, and we're going to go out to Thetford, which is right in the middle on the A, excuse me, A11 and the train line between Norwich and Cambridge. And look at all the potential that there is there for people. People who are in Cambridge will want to stay in Cambridge, and, every, and, and it's foolish to suggest otherwise. You know, you, you're not going to, if you're in the bioscience space in Cambridge, you're going to want to stay in Cambridge, but you might want a fabrication facility or something, mm. and there are other parts of the region that can that can supply that in a way that perhaps Cambridge isn't perhaps well suited to and it's we all bring we can all bring something different and fantastic to the table so I just really kind of wanted to get the take of someone from Cambridge about the rest of the region because every you know Cambridge has this it has a very international reputation that mm. the rest of the region doesn't have how we can build those links and your view and on 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 the sort of the scene in the rest of the region and that's a really big ask. Excuse me. <laughs> Discuss really. That's what he's going yeah, for. yeah, I know what you mean. It, it is difficult when when you've got um, a very established and well-regarded um, university, firstly, and then uh, Silicon Fen um, mm. label attached to it, which is good that it's a, a wider and broader <laughs> label, actually, um, because it, it is it is wider and broader, and I don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's wrong to view it that 
what Cambridge gets, it sucks it out somehow, like a, yeah, a tree exactly. sucking the you know life out the up the roots and and beyond. I, I don't think it's that. I think if it's the tree analogy, it's it's branches spread out across the um, um, the region and the seeds drop from it and things grow from it. Yeah, let's yeah. let's use that. That's a great one. I love it. That tree. Um, and um, and yeah, and that ecosystem is a, is the whole region. You know, it, it yes, it does. It draws people in from the region, but then they go back and they take back uh, experience and knowledge. Um, there are lots of places popping up physically where people can locate themselves, whether it be small business parks that that, that grow, because um, you know physically there's only a certain amount of space that Cambridge has, and naturally they you know the more that the com- com- companies that start and found themselves here and it might be in Cambridge they will end up growing and moving out they'll move out into the the regions like you see with them um, the success at, uh, at Haverhill and that's going to spread in Haverhill in itself yeah. and then you know a seed has been dropped there and a tree will sprout up there and its branches will spread out even further so I, I think it's um, um, I think it's only a, a, a good thing that um, that the region has got Cambridge as a, yeah. as a as a centre that draws people in and puts it on the map, and and the more people that do work like yourself to actually spotlight uh, the the region as a whole, um, it really helps. And in fact, I suppose we've all got a responsibility to make sure that we're we're not Cambridge centric in our views, um, and that the more we can do to, to help educate, you know, our, ourselves, you know, organisations like us, to um, to make sure that we promote. The region rather than the the, the 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 city. Yeah, I think my mantra would be uh, again to uh, another mantra would be uh, let Cambridge be Cambridge. I, I, funny you should talk about music because I interviewed uh, a young lady called Eliza Delph a couple of weeks ago who was uh, a university student in the UA, but she was fantastic. I think folk singer would be to, call her a folk singer would be to limit her. She's got very sort of wide uh, range that kind of crosses genres. But um, I, I was sort of asking her about she went to Yorkshire to record her album because that's where the expertise was. Mm. And um, I said, well, don't, you know, before we got talking, I said, said you know, would you, would, are you saying that, you know, you, should we have this, all this kind of thing right here in the region? She said well, said, well, no, we can't. Why just try and replicate what everyone else is doing? We need to look at what, be ourselves and look what we're, what the strengths we can bring. Rather than focusing on where we're, you know, we had a, a fantastic lady called Rena Dial talking about leadership. And the best way is not to focus on your weak spots, but raise your strengths. Yeah. So that's what we need to be doing. So, and I think, you know, to encourage Cambridge to be Cambridge and carry on and not try and sort of either turn, turn away or limit it in any way is, is, the, is the only way that we're all going to say, be able to sort of uh, benefit from the, 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 the boughs of the Cambridge tree as it drops <laughs> seeds. And, and I shall leave the metaphor there. Moti Tabulo and Anthony Quinn are two tenants of Ideaspace City, working in very different fields. I asked them more about why they were there. Moti Tabulo. So my startup, uh, well, we've actually recently been been acquired. Um, what we what we do is we focus on cybersecurity solutions for blockchain applications. So the idea being that um, blockchains and cryptocurrency applications are very prone to uh, to, to hackers, and so um, we we help projects, cryptocurrency projects, secure the applications from from hackers. 
obviously, I, you, being here at uh, Idea Space City, what is your membership? And I know this is slightly adventurous <laughs> in here. Watching I'll, I'll you should be very careful. <laughs> uh, but what, what is it? What do you, what do you, what do you get out of it? Because I'm fascinated how these places, the feel of innovation spaces, yeah. and, and, and the kind of uh, the, the community feel that they, they, they bring. Um, well, I mean, apart from the, the a place to work from, um, the, the the main thing I, I think is really around uh, the community. So there's a bunch of like-minded people, um, mostly startup founders or people who are you know in in early stage companies, and um, yeah, it, it just gives a, a good uh, good place to share ideas, good place to um, you know get get experiences from people who are at a similar stage, and and, and there's also a social interaction element as well. Where do you find yourself most, you know, the most, we talked about serendipity, the, those conversations that you don't expect that are really productive and fruitful. Do you, what kind of, um, <laughs> what kind of event here or, you know, water cooler moments, I think they call it. Where does, where does that, how have you found that? Where does that happen for you? Yeah, so there's, um, there's a couple of places that that, that happens. Um, one literally is around well not the water cooler but the the coffee the coffee machine Farmer so yeah exactly caffeine you know mm. <laughs> so, yeah caffeine every starter exactly, that's what you need exactly just caffeine. caffeine and uh, you know and pizza perhaps but yeah so uh, so yeah so the the coffee coffee machine there's quite a lot of you know moments that happen there but there's also quite a lot of um, events that um, idea space organizes so there's a mix and mingle um, well there's actually several mix and mingles that happen during the week where um, all of the founders get together, or all of the members really um, get together, and um, and just have uh, you know over tea, coffee, or on Fridays it's you know wine and cheese. Just have a chat, and you know sometimes you know, as part of those chats you find out what other people are working on, and you know it brings up those kind of serendipitous moments. Um, and then there are also a bunch of other events that are you know, organized, maybe not on a weekly basis, but on a monthly basis, like uh, founders breakfast, which I think happened today, where um, you know. You, you basically turn up and um, hear stories from other founders, maybe problems they've faced, um, which sometimes triggers, you know, uh, either other founders have gone through similar problems that you've gone through or you, you maybe you can relate to them and that triggers uh, other serendipitous moments as, as well. Moti, do you think, sorry, I was going to say, do you think it matters that there's no sort of, it's not sector specific or there's different levels, you know, some are very early stage, some have worked in corporate and have come back, it, I mean, I guess my impression is that it, 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 it's better, it's richer for more... Yeah, yeah. So, so I've been in um, other environments where it's only um, early stage uh, um, startups, which, which is it's, it's good in, in its own way because everybody's going through the same thing, but it's bad as well because you don't have the, you know, people who are at a further stage that can sort of give you advice based on what they've, they've already been through. So I, th I think that's, that's really good here. We have that mix of mm. you know, people who are at the same stage as you through to people who have, are, are at completely different stages mm. or further ahead. Mm. Yeah. So just briefly, could you tell me about your journey to Idea Space? Not in terms of, you know, in the morning, but um, <laughs> in terms of um, <laughs> where, where, you, where you sort of come from, because Ben was telling me about how it's not, you know, you don't have to have been to the University of Cambridge you're affiliated with it I don't, yeah. and I, I really don't know what your journey is so I'm, I'm just intrigued to know what, what brought you here and why idea space yeah um, so yeah my well yeah definitely not a Cambridge graduate uh, but my journey to idea space was I'm actually joined um, a, a, a sort of a, let's say hack space nearby which is make space 
And uh, at that time, I was doing a robotic startup. So we, need, we really needed that workshop space. But at the same time, we also needed a sort of clean space where we could bring investors, have meetings. And idea space was you know, literally um, uh, you know, two minutes down, two minutes walk. So, so we joined um, at that time to, you know, just to have that meeting space. And then um, that, that robotic startup, well, in the end, we, you know, it didn't work out. And I started looking at you know, my next day. And so at that stage, um, you know, moving on from needing a hardware space to moving just to doing pure software, then I decided to, to join Ideaspace as a, as a full-time member. So previously it was part-time and then joined as, as a full-time member. And um, yeah, then started, uh, you know, was looking around for different things. Uh, blockchain seemed interesting and, and, and yeah, so I started a, a venture in blockchain. I love, I love the, this, that, that's the, the like, perfect I know, entrepreneur's it? It? story of just like, you, you go at something, you know, give it a go, it doesn't quite work yeah. out. Right, where's the next opportunity? What's, what's it's next? here. Yeah, yeah. I love you, that. You, yeah. you don't sit around and mope. You, you, you re-engage very quickly and got, got, to, got to it and, and sort of, oh, I can do that. So uh, I, I think I overview that. But um, thank you ever so much. You, you know, everyone here is, is, is it's a lovely community feel, but there is a kind of really sort of hive, you know, worker bees here. We've all, we've all got, you know, got the task to get, and I'll let you get back to yours. Thank you ever so no much. Yeah. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Anthony Quinn. My name's Anthony Quinn, and I'm the co-founder of The Communication Practice. And the communication practice is a drama-based training and coaching company. Oh, wow. So, yeah, <laughs> we often get that reaction. Oh, wow. Yeah, good. <laughs> so we have a, a team of professional actors who, as well as being brilliant actors in terms of station TV, they're also highly experienced in terms of business training and coaching. So what we generally do is work with people on their one-to-one communication skills. So it could be in sales, negotiations, management. A big topic at the moment is diversity, equity, and inclusion. So having really? conversations yeah, about a very delicate subject and a really important subject. And so generally what happens is, is that we, we do various things, but one example that we do is we work one-to-one with people. So the actor will play. Uh, so, for example, you need to have a, a conversation next week with one of your staff members where you need to give them some bad news or you need to talk about some behavior in the workplace, some negative behavior in the workplace. And you know theoretically what you need to do. Yeah. You've had the training. Yeah. But this particular case is really difficult because of your relationship with that person, which may be really good, maybe your best friends outside of work, or it could be really bad. You've had like bad experiences already and you know this is going to make it worse. Yeah. So what we do is the actor plays the other person in that conversation. So you can try out lots of different ways of having that conversation and they will coach you in how to be more effective. So they're not only there playing the person, they're actively looking at what you're doing. They're telling you how that person feels, so them playing that character, what they're thinking and feeling, which you never get to hear or very rarely get to hear in real life. Yeah. And then they will then give you tips and ideas on what you can do differently. So things that perhaps you do all the time, but have never, no one's ever pointed it out. Um, and you can then um, you can change your behaviour there and then, and you can see the impact that it has on that conversation. That's, that, that is absolutely fascinating because I, I really, you know, such a, a diverse, well, cast of characters, I suppose you'd say, idea space, uh, working on so many different things. We've just come from blockchain to, 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 to talk a bit to you about sort of employing sort of drama-based te- coaching techniques. Um, so why idea space? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to know what your reach is and your sort of the area you operate in, in terms of geographical area. But what drew you to idea space uh, in the first instance and somewhere to, to, to operate from? 
Sure, that's that's a really good question. Um, so my background's a bit unusual for uh, someone who's got into acting. Um, so I started off working in, first of all, languages, so foreign languages in sales and marketing, uh, so international marketing. And then I made a switch to computer science, so worked as a software engineer, mainly in genomics, so computational biology for many years. Um, and then I then got into acting later in life and discovered this kind of wonderful world of what's called corporate acting, so bringing acting into the workplace. So when I, I've been doing this for several years now, and I saw there was an opportunity to not only do the traditional type of in-house training and coaching that lots of other companies do and do really well, but to go beyond that and offer an on-demand service so that anyone in the world, even if they're not in a business or they're not in a large business, they can have access to what we offer in terms of our one-to-one -one coaching particularly. So I've set up a platform where people can book a session directly with one of our actors. Wow. Um, and you can choose the time, you can choose the dates, you can choose the actor if you want to, um, right. or you can say, just give me any actor is available. And then you can then pay with a credit card or PayPal or be invoiced. Mm. So I really wanted to open this up uh, and democratize this service in a way, really, because usually it's only senior leaders and salespeople in big companies with lots of cash who can afford this. And I, I thought this is such a useful technique. I wanted to open this up to the world. So that was the connection to Ideaspace is to, because we're doing something a bit different and we're combining technology with uh, this type of coaching, yeah. then Ideaspace seemed like the perfect place to, to develop that idea. So what's, what's your, your reach in terms of you know, the, the, the service you provide? I, mean, I know uh, a lot of, sort of people who do sort of coaching here in Suffolk and in Norfolk, but not, no, this is the first, you're very much the first kind of, sort of drama-based uh, coaching I've, I've, I've come across in the region. So what, what's your sort of reach geographically? Yeah, so in terms of our, so we kind of split our thinking in terms of in-house and on-demand. So in terms of in-house, which is kind of where most of our business comes from, it tends to be in the UK, but we tend to work with multinational companies. So they're headquartered in, say, London, but they have operations in Singapore, New York, Brazil, and so on. In terms of our on-demand service, it can be, you know, so far we've had people from the UK, we've had people from uh, Dubai, we've had people from West Africa. Oh, wow. So, and that really was the point, was to have that global reach. And we've, only been, we've been going six months, so it's still early days at the moment, but we're already beginning to see patterns in terms of what people are coming for in terms of the, the help that they want from us. And a big thing is communicating across cultures, across yeah. cultural boundaries. So that could be language differences. So if English, for example, isn't your first language, or even if it is, or even if you speak English to a very high standard, if you've grown up somewhere different to the UK or the US, then you'll have different expectations about how we relate to each other, how we do business, yeah. um, whether I can disagree with you if you're my boss in a public meeting and so on. <laughs> Things that wherever we've grown up with. <laughs> yeah, right, so this is chuckling is like, oh yes. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that's really interesting for us because culture is one of those things that's invisible. Wherever we grow up, we think that's the norm. Yeah, indeed. Um, and we don't see it. So we're like fish swimming in water. We don't see the water. It's only when you're in a different pond that you realise actually things aren't always the same yeah. um, and are very different in other places. But of course, because those people don't see the water they're swimming in, it can be really confusing for us about what's going on. So that's a big area that we want to develop. And so that's why we're looking at what we can do in terms of, uh, as we grow, recruiting actors from different parts of the world with different cultural backgrounds and different uh, language 
uh, abilities as well. That is fantastic, Anthony. Thank you for um, thank you for sharing that. And I very goofed there by leaving the microphone on you while I was talking. What a rookie mistake! Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. That's fantastic. Um, and I wish you every success uh, in your journey with Ideaspace. We shall. I uh, look forward to hear, hearing uh, hearing more about you in, in in due course. Brilliant. Thank you. My huge thanks to Ben and all at Ideaspace for their warm welcome, and to Moti and Anthony for letting a strange man with a microphone interview them without warning. Next week, Ben and I will journey over to Ideaspace West at the Hauser Forum for more tenant stories, more bells, more biscuit tins and the most incredible view, which doesn't really work on audio, so you're probably going to have to take my word for it, yeah? The following week, we're going to begin our month-long focus on food in the east of England, starting with an audio tour of the Food Enterprise Park at Honingham near Norwich. Please stay tuned for that one. And now... We in the east of England do not want for unique buildings. From the stark grandeur of the Sainsbury Centre for Visual Arts to the nearby UEA ziggurats rising from the morning mist like a lost brutalist Babylon. There's something for every taste. So, with your help, let's sort the wattle and daub from the steel and stone in... Crowd Sorcery. Let me take you to a land of wonder, of discovery, and strange natives who speak only in grunts and moans. For there, when the sun first rises in the east, and you leave your vehicle behind and begin the arduous trek, clutching the sacred yellow disc that marks you out as a friend, then, then you see them, shrouded in mist. The lost temples of a strange, outlandish and forgotten civilization. Their jagged design making them so distinctive, their halls marked with strange rituals called hangovers. Hangovers? This is thanks to John Norcliffe, architect and director at Redhead Architects, who says the UEA ziggurats get his vote. Dr Catherine Gelbert-Thick of Acuity Limited says, For me, it's Ely Cathedral. Iconic, ancient, steeped in history and tradition, and a wonderful place for reflection, and totally beautiful. Closely followed by Bury St Edmunds and then Norwich. Peterborough Cathedral is my most fave-rave locally. Her first love is Winchester, but we're not going to go into that. And I do love Chelmsford too, she says. The smallest cathedral in the country. By now, you will have guessed that Catherine does have a bit of a passion for cathedrals. Agreed! writes Simon Hughes, Director of Property at Norfolk County Council. Ely Cathedral is so impressive as you head towards it across the fens, and you can only imagine how it must have appeared in the 1100s. A real monument, says Simon, to both faith and human ingenuity. Ah, Simon. Not for nothing is it called the Ship of the Fens. Saul Humphrey, Managing Partner of Saul Humphrey LLP, Chair of New Anglia LEPS Building Growth Group and Non-Executive Director provides one single image. It features ten buildings, though. Saul says he was unable to narrow down his top picks and he suspects this might be cheating. I'll allow it. Uh, Saul names the Willis Towers Watson Building in Ipswich, King's College Chapel in Cambridge, 
the Angel Hotel in Bury St Edmunds, Oxborough Hall between Downham Market and Swaffham. And then we have Norwich Castle, the Sainsbury Centre for Visual Arts, Goldsmith Street in Norwich, the Forum and the River Wensum Waterfront, again all in Norwich. Which covers the whole region, so well done there, Saul. Finally, Saul chooses the Enterprise Centre at the UEA, which is also the pick of Tom Abbott of Green Easy, as it's a Briam outstanding building. Business development professional David Fieldhouse also faces Saul Dilemma and says, Good question, Mike Rigby. It was, it was a good question. It could be Norwich Castle, but I'd have to go with Sainsbury Centre at the UEA and all the innovative design that went into it. Michelle Chambers, business development manager at Chaplin Farrant, meanwhile, names Blickling Hall and says, A multifaceted architectural gem, which, when driving past, I can never keep my eyes on the road. So, one to think about in North Norfolk if Michelle ever offers you a lift. Finally, Matt Wood, experienced housing and leisure architect, names the hostry at Norwich Cathedral, or, if we're going even more historic, says Matt, the enigmatic St Bennet's Abbey in the Bure Marshes. Thank you all for your suggestions, and there'll be another crowd sorcery coming your way soon. I'm Mike Rigby, and that's it for episode 37 of Eastern Promise. With me were Ben Hartley, head of Idea Space in Cambridge, along with Moti Tabulo and Anthony Quinn. Next week, we'll be making the journey over to Idea Space West to chat with tenants at the Hauser Forum. We'll also be gearing up for our first anniversary recording, a cast of thousands on, no, not the midnight train to Georgia, but the midday train from Norwich. Keep an ear out for that one. Top Gear has the Stig, and Eastern Promise has Engineer 49, a man who can taste sound. I once asked him what my voice tasted like. He said a meat and potato pie, northern in origin, packed in a fatty case, and full of dubious content. Hmm. Thank you as ever to him, and thank you too for listening. I'll be back next week, but until then, bye for now.